0: This show sponsored by Headnote, helping law firms get paid 70% faster with their compliant e-payments, and accounts receivables automation platform. Learn how to get paid quicker and more efficiently at headnote.com.
1: Welcome to this episode of the Modern Law Library. I'm Olivia Aguilar from ABA Publishing, and I'll be today's host. In this episode, I speak with Cynthia Swick, co-editor of The Internet of Things, Legal Issues, Policy, and Practical Strategies. Cynthia is currently a Distinguished Careers Institute Fellow at Stanford University. She has practiced law at two global law firms and served as chair of the ABA section of science and technology law from 2015 to 2016. Cynthia very recently received the ABA section of science and technology's Chairs Award for the 2018-2019 bar year in recognition of her many years of outstanding leadership and commitment to the section. Today, Cynthia discusses the legal issues surrounding the Internet of Things. Cynthia, welcome to the show. I'm happy to be here. Great. So before we discuss your book, The Internet of Things, could you define uh, IoT for our listeners and kind of give some examples of how we use it in everyday life?
0: Certainly. Uh, The Internet of Things refers to things which are physical objects or devices that are connected to the Internet and often to each other. The devices sense and collect data, such as temperature or speed, and send it to the Internet, IoT converts a normal physical device into a smart device. And the device may have one or more sensors to uh, collect data, such as temperature, and send that data to the Internet. So a sensor detects and responds to input from the physical environment, and it is the source of the IoT data. The output from the sensor is transmitted to the Internet by the device. And then IoT works with applications to interpret the data and create actions such as turning your lights off or opening a lock or playing music from the data. So the power of IoT is not only to gather data, but to process it. So, So basically the Internet of Things is about the transformation of any physical object into a digital data product. The value of the IoT system is based on what can be learned from the data and what actions can be taken based on this input of data. IoT technology is being used in many fields, including automotive with connected cars, and healthcare with internet-connected devices that collect health information, such as heart rate, skin temperature, et cetera, remotely. Another area using IoT technology is smart cities where governments are using technology to improve areas such as energy management systems and environmental monitoring. Now there are many examples of IoT technology in consumer products, including wearable devices such as Fitbits. And there are different types of smart appliances for your home, such as a smart thermostat that learns your family's routines and automatically adjusts the temperature based on when you're at home or away and whether you're awake or asleep. And smart locks that can unlock the door to your home automatically when you get home and then lock the door behind you when you close the door. There are smart refrigerators that let your smartphone see what's inside the refrigerator and send and receive notes and calendar entries that appear on your refrigerator's screen. You can even order an Uber from your smart refrigerator. There are smart pet feeders which allow you to monitor your pet's food consumption even if you're away from home. And there even are smart toothbrushes that save data on your phone about your brushing habits. So this technology is being incorporated into a very wide variety of products.
1: Yeah, it seems like the Internet of Things is, are in things that we don't even think about. Like a tooth, I didn't know there was a smart toothbrush. That's that's insane. <laughs> <laughs> so the book includes chapters by more than uh, 30 experts from a variety of backgrounds. And kind of you you touched on that in your, your answer. But um, how did you and the other editors determine which IOT topics you'd address in the book?
0: Well, the section of science and technology law has been focusing on IOT issues for several years. When I was chair of the uh, section in 2015 and 2016, I worked with others to launch the first National Institute on the Internet of Things. This was a two-day program in Washington, D.C. in March of 2016, where we had a very important dialogue regarding IoT issues. We arranged to have as speakers over 40 of the leading authorities in government, academics, and the private um, sector. The speakers included um, Edith Ramirez, the chair of the Federal Trade Commission, Dr. Ed Felton, the deputy US chief technology officer in the White House Office of Science and Technology, and Jim Hood. An attorney general of Mississippi and these speakers offered insights into critical issues facing all of us because of the exponential growth of IOT. And we've continued to have these national institutes every year where we've gathered together these leading experts on IOT and we use the topics that we had covered in these national institutes as a basis for the areas we wanted to cover in the book. And in fact, many of the authors of chapters in the book were speakers at a national institute, including um, U.S. Senator Mark Warner and Michael Cherdos, who had served as secretary of the Department of Homeland Security. Now, there are a broad array of issues that we cover in the book. They include discussions of new and developing IoT technologies, such as connected cars, drones, 5G wireless communications, blockchain, and health I- IoT issues, And we also have sections discussing the regulatory landscape and privacy and security issues with a separate section regarding homeland security risks. And we also have sections that offer practical advice, including a chapter intended for um, corporate counsel about dealing with IoT issues and a section on insurance coverage for IoT risks and a chapter addressing what employers need to know about the IoT. And we also address licensing issues, intellectual property issues, liability issues, and the challenges of making public policy in the IoT era. Ellen Rosenblum, who's the Attorney General for the state of Oregon, is a co-author of a chapter regarding the role of state attorney generals in protecting consumers in the IoT age. And finally, we have a um, MIT scientist who wrote a chapter anticipating what future issues may arise with regard to IoT. So we decided on an interdisciplinary approach that covered a wide variety of legal and policy issues involving IoT. And we also offered practical advice.
1: Mm -hmm. Great. So as we've talked about, IoT devices are everywhere today, Uh, our homes, our cars, our businesses, our toothbrushes, everything. (laughs) How have these devices been game changers for businesses, policymakers, and attorneys?
0: Well, it's been reported that we are in the early stages of a new revolution with regard to this rapidly developing technology. In 2010, um, for the first time in history, the number of connected devices outnumbered the number of humans on the planet. And by 2020, it's estimated that there will be 50 billion connected devices, or approximately six devices per human on the planet. Goldman Sachs has made a statement indicating that uh, what we're going through now with this fundamental structural change is akin to the industrial revolution. The equipment is becoming more uh, digitalized and more connected, establishing these networks between machines, humans, and the Internet, leading to the creation of new ecosystems that enable higher productivity, better energy efficiency and higher profitability. And it's also important to keep in mind that there are other advances in technology that are also fueling this explosive growth with IoT, including with cloud and edge computing, big data and deep learning analytics and artificial intelligence um, algorithms. As we point out in the book, fifth generation uh, communication technology or 5G is predicted to play a very important role in expanding the number of IoT systems and increasing the rate of deployment. In our 5G chapter, we note that 5G promises to connect everything around us to a network that is 100 times faster than our cellular connections and 10 times faster than home broadband services. So there's a synergistic effect with rapid developments in several different types of emerging technology. Mm -hmm.
1: So, Why do IoT devices remain among the most vulnerable hacker targets in the cyber ecosystem today?
0: Well, there certainly um, have been many news stories that have been reported on security issues associated with IoT devices. I can give you a few examples of headlines. Um, One headline is, glitches allow hackers to watch you through your smart TV. Another headline is, hackers hijack jeep's control system crash it for miles away another is how a russian website peers into your home and your baby's room by hacking webcams and then uh one of my favorite headlines is what to do if your refrigerator starts sending malicious emails so uh these news stories uh, you know, give an indication of a wide uh, range of different security issues um, with IoT devices that have um, already been noted. and The problem is compounded because of very private uh, type of data that these devices can process. Uh, the data from these devices can paint an almost perfect picture of an individual's life, revealing information on health, fitness, finances, location, family, and friends. Yeah, and IoT devices they can have very different types of security risks, risks than other types of technology. For example, while a conventional laptop might require a, a password entered from a keyboard. A small electronic device, um, such as a toothbrush, that can be connected to the internet um, often doesn't have a keyboard, and so it can be vulnerable to hacking if they don't possess uh, security features that an owner understands and uses. For example, it used to be the case that the user names and passcodes for um, IoT devices uh, were often set by the manufacturers and were very simple, um, with passcodes being things like one two three four five six or 1234, or sometimes 4321. And the consumers often will not change these settings. So you can see why it was not too difficult to hack these devices. And another major problem with security is that some of these devices are running old software with known vulnerabilities, and the devices do not receive the latest security updates. And in addition, many of these IoT devices do not support encryption of the data. So uh, that's why there there have been a lot of um, issues with regard to security with IoT devices.
1: Mm -hmm. Besides the not receiving the security updates, what are some other challenges um, that are associated with the devices? Is there a reason that there there are risks involved with certain devices?
0: Yes, as I indicated, the default settings is uh, a big problem with them. And um, the National Institute of Standards and Technology has been um, focused on these security issues, and they actually released in August of this year um, draft security recommendations for IoT systems. These um, guidelines are aimed at manufacturers, but these principles can be useful to anyone who uses a device that's connected to the Internet. And the National Institute of Standards and Technology, they have six recommended security features that manufacturers can build into these systems and that consumers can look for when they're buying or shopping for IoT devices. The features include a device identification. The device should have a way to identify itself such as a serial number or unique IP address that is used when connecting to the internet. And also the IoT device should clearly indicate how the data that it stores and sends is protected from unauthorized use, such as by encryption.
1: All right. Great. Thank you. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. Hey, law firms. Getting paid is fantastic, but dealing with accounts receivable is such a pain. What if there was a better way? Enter HeadNote,
0: an industry-leading compliant e-payments and AR automation system. Their unique blend of features cuts through the noise and helps you to get paid 70% faster. Skip the paper checks, spreadsheets, and awkward calls to overdue clients. Get paid faster with less effort. Visit headnote.com for more information.
1: All right, we're back with Cynthia Swick, co editor of the Internet of Things Legal Issues, Policy, and Practical Strategies. As we've discussed today, there are obviously a lot of privacy and security issues for individuals using these devices, but how do they impact our national security? Uh, In the book, Senator Mark Warner, who you mentioned earlier, uh, says almost every government agency at the federal, state and local levels is vulnerable to cyber attacks.
0: Yes, um, Senator Warner certainly has key insights into these issues. He has a long history in the tech industry. And as he says in the book, he's thought of himself as the tech guy in Congress. Since January of 2017, he served as a vice chairman of the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence. And he says in the book that of all the issues that are facing the United States in the world today, what most keeps him up at night are issues relating to cybersecurity. He adds that the cyber threat is growing um, as we as a society and as a world become increasingly networked and dependent on connected devices. With regard to national security, he says we need to be aware that our adversaries may be attempting to use these connected devices to steal sensitive information, to disrupt operations, including of our critical infrastructure, and to spread disinformation. In addition, as he points out, our foreign adversaries are constantly probing our networks to see where we may be vulnerable. He thus concludes we're facing a clear, far-reaching, and urgent threat. However, the United States currently lacks a coherent and developed cybersecurity doctrine, and he makes the point that Congress should take a more active role in working with manufacturers to develop effective minimum standards for cybersecurity. And he warns that a failure to act could undermine the United States' global stature. Former Homeland Security Secretary Michael Chertoff in his forward to our book, also underscores these concerns about the national security implications of IoT vulnerabilities. He's warned that product developers need to take additional steps on cybersecurity or risk regulators stepping in to set new requirements for protecting consumer safety and data and also national security.
1: Definitely. As more and more devices become connected to the Internet, do you think that there will be more regulatory measures in the future on the individual level and government level?
0: Yeah, that's a very timely uh, question. Right now, there isn't a set of U.S. national security standards for IoT devices. So the security features and protections are left to the discretion of the individual manufacturers or vendors. Um, There is a new bill that was very recently introduced in the U.S. Senate that would set minimum security standards for the connected devices that the federal government purchases for various projects. Um, Specifically the internet of things, cybersecurity improvement act of 2019 was introduced in the Senate on March 11th by a bipartisan group that includes um, Senator Mark Warner. And in a statement regarding the bill, Senator Warner um, quoted Lieutenant General Robert Ashley, the director of the Defense uh, Intelligence Agency, who described the lack of security around the IoT devices as one of the two most important emerging cyber threats to our national security. And a similar bill was also introduced in the House this spring. Now, these bills focus on the security for the IoT devices that the federal government buys. But this is important because the U.S. government spends billions of dollars on technology across its many branches and agencies, which translates into considerable buying influence. So the federal government has an opportunity to secure its own systems and lead by example in encouraging manufacturers to increase uh, their security measures. And this legislation directs the National Institute of Standards and Technology to establish recommendations for their federal government on the appropriate use and management of the devices. And then these recommendations are to focus on four areas, secure development, identity management, patching, and configuration management. And it's been noted that by framing the requirements this way, by having the National Institute of Standards and Technology involved makes it easier to keep them updated as technology and norms evolve. Specifically, it likely will be a faster and easier process to update these guidelines um, from the National Institute of Standards and Technology rather than to pass an amendment um, to a law. And this is very important when you're legislating around issues involving technology and innovation, which are um, constantly changing. And California actually is the first state with a law regarding smart devices. Specifically, the California legislature passed a new law in 2018, which does require some specific protection for consumers, and it creates rules for how IoT devices are built, including how um, passwords are used and changed. And under the new California law, starting on January 1st, 2020, any manufacturer of a device that connects directly or indirectly to the internet has to equip it with reasonable security features. And they also have uh, specific requirements regarding the passwords that can be used and the devices need to either come with a unique password for each device or force the users to set their own password the first time they connect. This means that there won't be any more of these generic default credentials for a hacker to easily guess.
1: Great. Great. Definitely. As you mentioned earlier, there are multiple news articles uh, explaining you know, how tech companies are listening in on consumers. You mentioned the refrigerator, sending malicious emails, but specifically tech companies listening in as consumers speak to their virtual assistants. For an example, Amazon, Alexa, that kind of thing. Regarding the privacy violations in consumers' daily lives, do you think that these violations will begin to decrease now that consumers are aware that they're being listened to?
0: Well, certainly protection of personal data with regard to IoT devices is a very critical issue. As we note in our book, the IoT increases both the volume of and the variety of personal information that's collected from individuals. And this information can reveal habits and preferences and health conditions and other very personal information about people. And uh, if this data isn't protected, it can result in profiling and economic decisions on the basis of that data. The Internet Society very recently conducted a survey of consumers from around the world to see how they felt about the amount of data being collected about them by IoT devices. The results um, were released in May of this year. The researchers found that 73% of consumers think that people using connected devices should worry about eavesdropping. When asked about the amount of personal data being collected by smart devices, 63% described the data collection process as creepy. In addition, 53% of consumers do not trust that their devices will protect their privacy and be handled in a responsible way. So it thus does seem as if consumers now are becoming increasingly aware of the potential privacy issues that exist with IoT devices, including virtual assistants. This is affecting some consumers' willingness to purchase these devices. In fact, the Internet Society found that 28% of people who do not own an IoT device say that they are currently not willing to buy one because of privacy and security concerns. So this report highlights the need for manufacturers to do what they can to prevent violations of consumers' privacy and to restore consumers' trust that this very personal data will be protected. It's in the best interest of manufacturers to take these privacy issues into account, and doing so can offer them a competitive advantage. I thus do hope that these types of privacy violations will decrease in part because of customer demand and public perception.
1: Definitely. What do you uh, regard as the most interesting aspect of the Internet of Things?
0: Well, I, I think IoT, probably in combination with artificial intelligence, can be used to help to potentially solve some of our most pressing environmental and societal issues around the world including addressing key issues such as climate change and improving agricultural yields. An analysis by the World Economic Forum found that in an estimated 84% of IoT deployments are currently addressing or have the potential to advance the United uh, Nations Sustainable Development Goals. These development goals span a wide range of policy areas, including global hunger, climate uh, resilience, and population growth. And it has been noted that agriculture needs to be an integral part of the solutions for the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development. Access to food remains an issue for many around the globe, and nine of the Sustainable Development Goals are directly or indirectly connected with uh, agriculture. And with agriculture, there can be many wastes and inefficiencies and it's been reported that livestock grazing occupies 26% of the planet's land, and 33% of croplands are used for livestock feed production, with animals themselves contributing 7% of the total greenhouse gas emissions. If we develop better and more efficient farming processes, this can result in eliminating a significant amount of agriculture waste and the carbon footprint that comes with it. Precision agriculture improves crop yield and minimizes excessive nutrient release by combining data analytics, AI, and various sensor systems to determine exactly how much fertilizer and water plants need at any given time and by deploying autonomous vehicles to deliver nutrients in prescribed amounts and locations. It's been predicted that innovations with IoT devices, um, such as precision agriculture, can lead to what has been called a third green revolution with decreased use of pesticides and fertilizers and more efficient use of water and higher
1: crop yields. That's great. Is there anything else you'd like to discuss today? As the IoT grows in importance, increasing numbers of formerly
0: human-run processes will be automated using devices and algorithms that aren't readily understandable by the people affected by them. Just as with other types of technological development, such as artificial intelligence, there are going to be very important societal issues that need to be considered, such as data ownership, privacy, and algorithmic bias. Nick Jones, the vice president at the research company Gartner, recently noted that successful deployment of an IoT solution demands that it's not just technically effective, but also Socially acceptable. So, as the use of IoT devices and other types of technology continues to grow, it's very important that we as a society continuously keep in mind the broad societal, ethical, and legal questions that arise, such as complex questions about privacy protection, data security, ownership of data, and the development of appropriate standards. I encourage everyone to become educated about these issues and to become active participants in this very important dialogue about these critical issues. Thank you.
1: Great. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today, Cynthia. Thank you. If you're interested in learning more about Cynthia's work, please visit ABA SciTech's webpage. You can purchase the Internet of Things at the ABA Web Store. Go to AmericanBar.org forward slash products. That's AmericanBar.org forward slash products. If you enjoyed this episode of the Modern Law Library, please rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast listing service.